This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. will do a lot of things. It might shake the chain loose from the wall, right? But to break open your handcuffs, that's not a normal earthquake. Everybody there became aware God was moving. I'm convinced of that because nobody left. They all stayed put. Not just Paul and Silas, but the rapists, the thieves, the murderers. You understand the, the, the other people who were there. They didn't leave. They just sat there. They didn't go anywhere. How do we respond when we're mistreated? Our human response is to question God, but we need to learn to trust that God is working for our good. Today, Pastor Robert shares how God was moving in the prison with Paul and Silas when the earthquake shook the chains from their hands and feet. Are you trusting him today? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. Jesus Christ come out. Don't expect it to be instantaneous. Probably won't be. It wasn't here. The same hour. Didn't go on for days. But it wasn't like this demonic entity just said, oh, okay, sure. There was an argument. There was an an obstinance. Do you understand what what I'm saying? Don't, Don't let this kind of stuff weird you out or or whatever. The Bible says, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. But we need to recognize while we're not preoccupied with the demonic, that we're not ignorant to it or pretending it's not real or doesn't exist or it's all a, a big joke. It's not. It's real. It's real. The spirit realm is real. The, the demonic presences in our world, they're, they're, they're real. And in this situation, Paul dealt with it. And what was his reward? He was beaten severely and thrown into prison. No, that wasn't the reward. That was preparation for the reward, though. I mean, imagine yourself. You know, we, we have the book. We know the whole story. But imagine being Paul and Silas, you know, and you, you're, everything's going great. You, you know, Lydia comes to the Lord. Her whole household gets saved. I mean, imagine that. You, you lead this one lady to the Lord, and, and in the process, the whole family, the household ends up, you know, believing and accepting Christ. And, and you're just going to a prayer time in this you know, demonized girl is following you along, and, and so you, you know, come out of her in the name of Jesus, and she's probably unbelievably grateful for having been set free. And the next thing you know, you're being physically dragged into a public marketplace, stripped naked, beaten with rods, and then thrown into a dungeon. Lord, this wasn't exactly what I had planned for my week. 
Imagine. And yet we're told that at midnight they were praying and singing hymns. They were having a time of praise and worship in the dark, in the dungeon, bloodied, bruised, in pain, and they're worshiping. And the prisoners around them were listening. People were paying attention. People saw this. It has to be the grace of God. I mean, is that normal? Is that your first reaction when somebody puts a beating on you? Oh, hallelujah. Lord, thank you so much. No, that's not. That's not our first reaction. That's not what comes natural to us. It has to be the grace of God. It, you know, it takes incredible certainty that there is a good God involved in my life to be able to praise Him in the midst of something like this. Because normally our natural human response is to question Him. Do you even care? Are you there? What are you doing? Do something. Don't just sit there. You're God. They were praying. They were praising God. And then there's a supernatural earthquake. Now, how do we know it was supernatural? Because their stocks fell off. I mean, an earthquake will do a lot of things. It might shake the chain loose from the wall, right? But to break open your handcuffs, that's not a normal earthquake. Everybody there became aware God was moving. I'm convinced of that because nobody left. They all stayed put. Not just Paul and Silas, but the rapists, the thieves, the murderers. You understand the, the, the other people who were there. They didn't leave. They just sat there. They didn't go anywhere. And, and so the jailer, he's read, he's thinking, oh man, this one's going to be crucified. This one over here is scheduled to be beaten tomorrow morning. And they're all gone now, so I'm going to be beaten and then I'm going to be crucified because that's the way the Roman law worked. He let them free, let them, you know, let them get free, and so their punishment now was, was his to pay. It was considered a literal debt to society. They would actually write it out you know, as, as like you would have a, a loan document today. And so he would have to pay that. And, and Paul knows that's what's on his mind. I don't think there was anything supernatural about that. I think Paul just knew, I need to stop this guy before he kills himself. And so he speaks out of the darkness of that dungeon, that inner prison down beneath, and says, don't do anything to yourself. We haven't left. And it so impacts this man that as he calls for a candle or an oil lamp or whatever it was, and he goes down, he searches Paul out. He finds them and falls trembling at their feet because all of this has served to verify and validate their ministry. Everything they've been saying about this Jesus of Nazareth must be true. What do I need to do to be saved? What a question. It's a good question. What must I do to be saved? And I want you to notice something really important here. Paul did not say to this man, you're a mess. You're an absolute disgusting mess. Look at what you did to us. You're serving a corrupt, 
society, a corrupt government. You're part of a corrupt system. You, you, you're, you had us beaten. You threw us down here in this dungeon. You didn't even clean us up first. What do you need to do to be saved? First, you owe me an apology. Come on, admit it. That would have been on your mind if you were Paul. Well, you could start by apologizing to me. You know, I mean, you really did me wrong. Paul didn't do that. Paul didn't say to him, you need to join a local church, start paying your tithe, stop beating innocent people. He, beating. he didn't tell him you have to do this or do that or stop doing this other thing over here. He simply says to him, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an issue of the heart. It always is. It always is. Jesus Christ transforms lives. It's not our job to do that. The focus of the church today, far too often, is changing behavior. We want people to stop doing this and stop doing that and start doing this other stuff. Again, that's not our job. That's His job. That's His job. Once there's a heart change, when people come to Christ in humility and faith, recognizing, you know, I don't know, how to, I don't know how to get it right perfectly. I'm not trying to quench this thirst to satisfy these desires, and, and none, of it, none of it works. It doesn't work. No matter what I do, no matter how many toys I have, no matter how much money I make, or, you know, whatever happens, you know, it wears off. I'm, this is not, it's just not working. I want to know God, and I, I want you involved in my life. And if you'll teach me, I'll be a learner. I'll follow you. And then he goes to work in people's lives. Nourishing, nurturing, transforming, changing. That's, that's his work. It's, it's not our work. We're, we're simply called to tell people how much he loves us and what he's done in our lives, how devoted he is to us. That God was willing to, to become a man and then be executed in our place. That's the message that we proclaim. Messengers of reconciliation, that's what the Bible says. Messengers of, of reconciliation. That God wants people in relationship with Him. What must I do to be saved? Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He is doing, and we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Now here's Tracy with some information about the Main Thing Radio podcast. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. 
Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.